God had given me a gift in business, but it wasn't for me. The gift was for him to further his kingdom. How do you unlock the full potential of your influence and create the lasting change that you are destined for? I am your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Thanks, Dave, and I am your co-host, Scott Young. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for exciting stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals from around the globe. As we are empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood to the nations. Uh, Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave Donaldson, my co-host, Scott Young. And there's only one letter uh, difference between hope and home, but for our guest, John Houston, they are one and the same. Uh, John's memoir, which is a must-read book, it's unbelievable. Every bookcase, every uh, nightstand needs to have this book, Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose, and he shares his journey. Uh, from broken beginnings, going through the motions of faith, to discovering and allowing God's altering love to transform every area of his life and your life. And we're going to hear uh, John's story in a moment, but uh, we're longtime friends uh, with uh, John and Tracy, and I love this couple. Uh, they are committed to the local church as successful business leaders. Uh, I have personally seen them encouraging pastors, uh, like my good friend, Scott Wilson. Uh, They have a marketplace ministry uh, where they're not just building several hundred homes a year, uh, but they sow into their staff and minister to them, and then they support missions around the globe. And so, John, uh, what a joy it is to have you with us today. Man, I'm so blessed and honored to be here, man. Dave, I love you guys, and you're right. We've got a long-term relationship. Um, in fact, it was our local pastor, Scott, that actually connected us, and uh, and now we're getting to do other ministry together. So how awesome is that? So good, and we're so glad you're with us, John. Your life is a fascinating story. It, it began in hardship that could have derailed many people, but you've transcended that. you become a, a successful business owner. Um, and you not only founded John Houston Custom Homes, you have branched out into five other companies. You really have a family of companies, the JH family of companies, which has mortgage, land development, title company, insurance company, environmental, erosion company. Uh, but you've done something that is fascinating, and we love it on the Influencers Podcast, where we talk about using your life as an influence. You did your your degree work in business administration, but with an associate in Bible. And what you've done is the secular, or we shouldn't even use that term, your business is actually spiritual. The marketplace you're in is actually a minister. And that's what we want to talk about today, how you've been able to do that and how you've uh, maximized your influence um, right from the very center of our country there in Dallas with your wife, Tracy, and your young adult kids. Uh, thank you for joining us. And tell us a little bit of the journey you had. Uh, currently, you're a successful businessman. Currently, you have a strong faith, but that always wasn't the story. Can you just 
bring people from where you used to be to where you are today? Yeah, man. Thank you, Scott, for having me. And, uh, and thank you for that introduction. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Waco, Texas. Uh, my wife grew up right down the street as well. And uh, when I was 11 and my brother was 15, literally we had never seen our parents fight, but they sat us down one day and they said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to get a divorce and you need to decide who you're going to live with. And, um, and man, that literally was a huge turning point in our life. Uh, and long story short, what ended up happening was my dad had had an affair. And uh, so we had chose to live with my dad because we didn't know all that at the time. And so shortly thereafter, though, my, my mom moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and my dad moved to Houston. So that left my brother and I there to figure out how to take care of ourselves and raise ourselves. And that's actually when we, we got into business. So we started a landscaping company to provide for ourselves. And so our typical day literally looked like, you know, we would load the trucks up early in the morning. We'd mow till school started. He would drop me off at school, um, go to school all day. He'd pick me up when school was over. We'd mow till dark. Um, a few years later, you know, we really knew we needed to make a little bit more income. So we started a janitorial company and uh, we started cleaning office building, commercial office buildings at night. And so what's crazy is that chaotic life that we were living by ourselves, we didn't actually realize that that wasn't normal. And so that's actually one of the craziest things of our story is that, you know, sometimes we can be living in something that we think is normal that is not actually normal, um, but it becomes our norm. Uh, and so as I got older, though, you know, when we became um, I, I got married, ended up going to Bible college. You know, that's where I, when I was in Bible college, that really all the rubber kind of met the road for me as a Christ follower in that. Uh, I was in Bible college, was taking, like you said, I was, I was going for my business degree as well as my Bible degree. And it was at that point that uh, my mom ended up committing suicide and I was the last one that she wow. talked to. Um, and uh, we had moved her back to Texas to try to help her because she was an alcoholic and uh, she ended up overdosing. And I remember what happened though, at that point in my life, it was like all the challenges, all the trials, all the the troubles that I'd had and all the negative impacts that I'd had with other believers kind of all hit the fan at one time. And, and I went to my business teachers and I said, Hey guys, I mean, I, I, you know, my mom took her own life. I don't even know what that means. Like, how do I even, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but I know I, I've got to clean it all up and I got to figure out what to do with it. And I don't have any money and I don't have to pay for it. All this stuff. And my, my business teachers were like, hey, man, you go do whatever you need to do. Take care of business and just come talk to us when you get back and we'll figure school out. I went to my Bible teachers and I told my Bible teachers the same thing. And all of my Bible teachers said, hey, well, just don't forget. You can't miss more than two of my classes or you need to drop it. Um, and that was a that was a defining moment for me because I don't know if I can actually say this on on here, but. But I literally was like, you know what, God? So I literally said, God, you know what? Screw yeah. you, screw your people, because if this is how you love people and this is how your people love people, I don't want to be part of it. Um, and I don't need you. And I'll, and I'll figure out how to do it on my own. And, um, and it was only through the grace of God that God allowed me to walk through that next year of walking away from him. Um, but he started through that year, started reminding me of these other Christian people that he had put in my life, a plumber, for example, that went to our church. That as a kid, when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, 
then my brother and I kept going to church even after our parents had left us. He was the guy that was always standing at the back door because I always went in the back door because mm-hmm. I was ashamed to go in the front door. And I just tried to sneak in the back, go to church, and then sneak back out. And I re- literally remember always looking back on that. And he was the guy standing there with a smile on his face, big guy with a big burly beard. And he would always say, hey, John, man, it's so good to see you. You want to come sit with me? And he's actually the one that actually inspired me that I saw him growing up impacting people in the church, but also through his plumbing company that he owned. And he's actually the one that really, I think God used to birth in me what God ended up calling us to do. So I say all that to say, you know, our story, if you want to read more of our story, you can, it's, it's out there at meetjohnhouston.com. Uh, you can also find it at any bookstore uh, or on Amazon. And, uh, but, but, so I encourage you to do that. But with my story, one of the things that I, that I just want to encourage people on in that is really my story is a story of God redeemed me. In other words, he mm-hmm. saved me. Then God began to restore uh, uh, certain areas of my life. But even before he could restore, he had to begin to reconcile me with him. And so what I, what I love about that is I'm, I just turned 50 this year, this last year. There's still areas in my life. I'm going through a reconciliation process with God. So sometimes as a believer, I just want to be done with it all, but that's not how that, how that works, you know? And so it's a redemption story. God saved me. Then I go through this reconciliation process of him helping me become more aware of who he is and his love. And then he can actually begin to restore those different areas in our life. And man, that's, you know, any of your viewers, I just want to really encourage you, man, you're not too lost. You're not too far from God that he can't bring redemption and reconciliation and restoration. And here's one of my favorite parts of this story. One of my favorite parts is, do you know who lives across the street from me today? My dad. God actually restored that relationship to a place in which today he actually lives across the street from me. Today we get to pray together. Today we get to talk about the things of God my dad didn't get saved for over 20 years later. He was 46 years old before he got saved. And man, I just look at that and I'm like, isn't that how God never stopped pursuing any of us? So no matter how old you are, or how young you are, God's got a plan for your life. And, and I think that's what really motivates me and excites me about what God is doing in the kingdom right now. We're all called. We're all chosen. It's just, are we going to receive it? You know, and sometimes that's all we have to do is take that first step. So hopefully that answers your question. I, I tried to not go too long with it. Oh, that's powerful. Uh, John, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things I admire about you and Tracy is your commitment to the local church, uh, to really encouraging the pastoral staff, supporting the missions of the church, both U.S. and uh, abroad. Uh, you've been active in supporting ORU, a great university. And uh, let's talk, though, about uh, your support and, and really uh, your appreciation and love for the local church, uh, because unfortunately, increasingly, that's becoming an anomaly where many people, business people in particular, don't have a relationship with their pastor, uh, are not involved in their church. And... Uh, First of all, share with us, uh, and Scott, you can chime in here too. You're a pastor of a great church, and and you're a pastor of pastors as as a leader. 
but let's have a conversation about that. Uh, what are some of the reasons why business people are not more engaged with a local church? Well, Scott, you want to go first? You don't need well, to. So I would love, I'd love to throw the ball to, to Dave. So you got, I feel like I got two giants here. You're a business, you come from a business frame. We have Mr. Compassion, Dave Donaldson, who has, is gifted at building relationships with business people. So I'd like to punt back if I could, but John, why don't you just tell, you're a business guy, from a business perspective, what can pastors, spiritual leaders do to help connect with you and your friends in the business marketplace world? Yeah, well, if I can, let me step back in my story just for a second, because I think this is really important for, for your, your viewers to, to catch on to, because it's a good thing for me to remind myself of, is that the reality is I honestly don't believe Tracy and I would be where we are today without pastor. Without our local pastor, which is, has become one of my best friends in life, um, who's become one of my mentors and somebody that I live life with. We live next door to each other. And I know everybody doesn't have that with their pastor, but that's also of 30 years of us living life together. But I, I, when I say we wouldn't be where we are, what I mean by that is years later, you know, after I had walked away from the Lord, a year later, I came back to the Lord. And then that's when all the, the junk really started hitting the fan for Tracy and I to the point where, you know, I had been very successful young. Um, I think when I graduated from high school, I was making roughly $90,000 a year in 1990. Um, that was a lot of money back then. And so I knew how to make money. The issue was I thought that it was all for me. And I thought it was about building my kingdom and I didn't really need people. And so God took us through this process after, after my mom had committed suicide of, of really Tracy and I losing everything we had um, and literally had to file bankruptcy. But he also brought us to this place through, through the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. And he actually showed me through, through my three-year-old son, if that tells you anything, my three-year-old son literally was looking at the table one day and I'm, I'm like, son, what are, you, what are you staring at? I mean, what are you thinking about? He said, well, I'm thinking about King Nebuchadnezzar and how God made him eat grass. Um, and so I open up, I open up the Bible because I wasn't even way back then. I wasn't even familiar with that story. The very first thing that I read said, and King Nebuchadnezzar looked out of his kingdom and thought, look what I've done. And God took it away. And that's when the Lord was showing me that God had given me a gift in business, but it wasn't for me. The gift was for him to further his kingdom. So I say that to say when, when God told us to start our first business, I went to my wife first and said, God, I mean, baby, we need to pray about this. And is this God? Both of us felt like it was. My very next call was to my, my pastor. And I said, man, will you pray with me in this? And so he's been on that journey with us the whole ride. Um, and so there's been many times where I was calling him going, dude, I need your help. Like, you, God, we need a miracle. Uh, there's other times where I've been, he, he's called me and asked me the same thing because I've been on the church board for years. So let me answer your question though now. And it just, just re reminding people, basically it's how do pastors connect with people, but also to their, to their lay people. But I also think it's really important before, as I'm answering that question, that as pastors, you do need to understand that. But we also, as business people, we have to take responsibility for that too. If we're both leaders then not only should our pastor reach out to us, 
but we might have to be the ones to take the first step to reach out to our pastor. Um, and that's what I tell all my friends. I'm like, y'all quit griping about the pastor. How many times have you reached out to him? How many times have you asked him to go to lunch? Right. And so that's just my heart. I'm not saying, you know, that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what God has shown me. So for me, I think the real problem here is the enemy wants us to feel disconnected. He wants us to feel like we're, we're playing in two different fields. When in reality, we're on the same team, right? We're, we're one in the same because we're, it's John chapter 17 that says we should be so one with each other that people see Jesus in us. Well, if I'm going around talking bad about my pastor or the local church, am I really united with Christ? Am I really united with what God is doing in his kingdom as a whole? And so really what I would say to pastors, I would also say the same thing to business people that are watching is there is a disconnect in as, as, as spiritual leaders um, in the kingdom of God, whether your role as a business person or a pastor, we need to take responsibility of that and actually ask God, what is our responsibility? And we need to reach out to each other um, and value each other for the gift that we have. Because one of the things that I, that I do think that is really important that uh, the next thing that I think pastors can do though, is, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Proverbs 29, 18. This says, without prophetic vision, the people will cast off restraint. And, and, it, and if I'm encouraging a pastor to do one thing, it's pray for those top-level business leaders that are in your church and ask God to give you prophetic vision for them. Begin to speak that over their life because their identity is not in how much they can give. Their identity is in Christ and their identity is in what is God calling them to do? And here's what I can tell you, even, even with our with my own pastor, that's the greatest thing that Pastor Scott Wilson and Pastor Chris Rayleigh do for me on a regular basis is they come alongside me and say, what can I do for you? How can I pray for you in the vision God has given you? And how can we help you accomplish it? And to me, man, that's the game changer. It's, it's when we remember Christ said, I came to serve, not be served. And, and so as a business person or as a pastor, if we realize that and we remember that, I realize, you know what? I'm here to serve my pastor. And my pastor remembers, hey, I'm here to serve you. I believe we can accomplish things far greater than what we can think or imagine. Um, so I don't know if that answers your I, question. I, I, here's what I love, John. When you said these words, they, they hit me right here. We are on the same team. And I think it's as important for, I'm a pastor and I work with a family of pastors, that just because I stand on a platform and someone else sits in the seat, the calling that is on John Houston is every bit as important in the kingdom of God as the calling that's on my life or on Dave Donaldson's life. The calling has to be respected. And when you said, I hope some of the people, we're talking to influencers and how to raise influence. And if people could learn that principle truth you just said, where we go and say, how can I help you with your vision? How can I help you with your life? That is such a powerful key to influencing others. So Dave, from your side, you you talk to a lot of uh, influential people across America. Your Your contact list is immense. How can, from the compassion side, the the need in the nation is huge. How can we like build that bridge back to 
business leaders and and people that really want to support the kingdom of God. And John, I love what you said because so many nonprofit leaders and even pastors they have this kind of approach: come help me instead of this, a handshake. Because the reality is, business leaders like you have great vision for this world. Uh, you're successful. You have best practices that churches, nonprofits could greatly benefit from if we can truly create a not a 50-50% partnership, but a 100-100% partnership committed to each other, you know, each and every day. And uh, as I mentioned, that's one of the reasons why you and Scott Wilson have been so successful. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited about us working together, you know, with CityServe. And, uh, but I, Scott, punning back to you, I mean, as a pastor, I mean, what is it? Are, are pastors intimidated by business people, influencers? I, I think there has to be a paradigm, a shift in the way we see ministry, that marketplace is ministry, that, uh, John and his five companies, they're all kingdom companies. They're all to glorify God. The chief end of humanity is to bring glory to God. So I don't know how you have navigated that as you've got into these many ventures, John. You got these multiple companies. How do you how do you keep the kingdom at the center of everything? Because I think that and you see yourself as a minister, I think. Is that right? You know, I see myself as a disciple and a disciple maker, um, in all honesty. And, and I, I do that because I've always got to be reminded to stay humble before God and humble before man. Uh, because what I know is that apart from God, I can't do anything. I'm, I mean, I'm, I tell my staff, man, I love you guys, but I ain't the sharpest pencil in the box. You know, so I literally, all I can teach you guys, and this is what I tell them. I say, man, all I can teach you is what somebody taught me. That's how to study the Bible, how to pray and listen and hear the voice of God, write it down. Line, does it, does what I wrote down line up with the word of God? And if it does, that's what I'm going to do. And so for me, that's, that's how I know how to do it. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm, I've got a great team and God has incredibly blessed us with so many different opportunities but what, what I say to that is, you know, I go, always go back to the reason why God told us to start the very first company and every company he's told us to start. And he said, son, I simply want you to start a home building business to reach people for Christ and to give to the kingdom. That's it. So he said, I'm not telling you to sell houses. I'm not telling you to sell mortgages. I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm telling you to do is be the best in class that you can be so that you can sell the house. You can sell the mortgage, but don't ever forget the whole reason why you're here is to reach people for Christ and give the kingdom. So if I ever forget that, I believe the wheels start coming off the bus in all honesty. And I, and I don't believe we have the companies that we have anymore. And so for me, I constantly share that. I mean, my staff probably hears that a hundred times in a month. Um, and they think it's because I'm trying to remind them, but it's really, I'm trying to remind me too. 
Um, and so that's the only way I've been able to do it over the years. So if, if even one of our leaders says, Hey, I've got this idea and I want to do this. That's my first question. How does it help us accomplish those two things? If it doesn't help us accomplish those two things, I don't want to do it. Um, I think it's important though, too, for, for your viewers and your pastors to understand, I don't always get it right. I started another home building company one time to try to hit a much lower price point. Um, and it failed. And I believe the reason why it failed is because God didn't tell me to do it. The vision was the same, but God didn't tell me to step out and do it. So I think that's, that's the other thing is, is that I think we just, we have to be surrounded by people that are reminding us, you know, first of all, God, we have to be connected to God and make sure we stay focused on what he's telling us to do. But then we also, like for me, I need my wife to help remind me of that. I need to support her and what God's calling her to do, but I also need my pastor. You know, a lot of times I call him out and I go, dude, I'm just telling you right now, man, I'm getting off track. Um, I don't, I don't know where I'm going, but I can tell you, it just doesn't feel right. Um, and, and I'm just real and vulnerable with him. And I'm like, yeah, I need you to pray with me. You know, we may have to do this every week for the next two months. I don't know. Um, and I know every pastor can't do that with every person, but what I know is you need that spiritual accountability in your life at every level. Um, and, and so that, that's just how I do it. So we've got, so have you, have you ever seen those old scales that are weighted scales? I, that's actually what I use in my mind all the time is because if I'm in business to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom, even those two weights can't get out of balance. So if I just start focusing on reaching people, it gets out of balance. And then guess what? We're not profitable anymore. And we go out of business and the whole thing falls apart. But if I get so focused on just making money and I forget about reaching people. So it's a constant, it's a constant thing that I constantly have to go, okay, are these back in balance? And, and I've got to have those people around me to help me make sure they, they stay in balance. So, so much wisdom, man. There's another chapter in your book that Dave's encouraging you to write. <laughs> I do think you need to write a book on it and perhaps with Scott Wilson. Uh, but I love what you're saying as far as the honesty you have with your pastor and transparency. And I think that that's one of the big pieces that's missing where you literally sit down with your pastor and say, uh, let's talk about our relationship and kind of the guardrails, uh, what to do. You know, when I'm busy, you're busy. I, I equate it to like the old uh, swimming game, Marco Polo. You know, you, you're swimming and you wait for that person yeah. to come up for air and then you tag them. Well, for business leaders and, and even government officials that I work with, I'm sensitive to that. If they're underwater and they're busy, then I stay away. But they know that when they come up for air and they need somebody to talk with, I'm there. I'm available for them. Yeah. And vice versa. And but I think there needs to be that kind of transparency if we're going to start bridging this this gap, really this chasm uh, that that's expanding. Uh, but we business uh, business leaders, marketplace ministers, and pastors could be two of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic, partnerships in the world. 
if it's done right. Yep. I agree. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things I would add to that is that, you know, I think what we were talking about earlier, how when, when business people and pastors add value to each other and serve them that I think that's what actually earns us the right to be vulnerable with each other. You know, a, a lot of times it's easy for us to say, let's be, let's be vulnerable, but we really don't know if we're on the same team. And so if we really, if we really open our hearts up and, and begin to serve the other, it creates this connection of unity that we know we're on the same team. And when you know you're on the same team and you know somebody's encouraging you and spurring you on in the vision and the calling God has given you, and you're doing the same for them, man, I, I think it just opens this door wide open that God wants to be open that within we can be vulnerable with each other because one of the things, and it, it took, it probably took Scott a little longer than it did me, but Scott's incredibly vulnerable with me as well. Um, and I think that, that takes time as well. Um, and so Scott and I have this saying actually that, that I love, and I, I was actually re a, a pastor friend of mine, which just breaks my heart actually had to step down from his church a while back. Um, uh, just because of a moral failure or because of a moral failure. And man, it just broke my heart. And when I was talking to him, I said, Hey man, here's what I want you to understand, man. God still loves you. His God's, God's not going to quit pursuing you. And, and, and I said, but here's what I want you to also understand. Do you understand? I'm one dumb decision away from being where you are. And, and you know who I got that from Scott, Scott and I have this accountability deal. I just saw him this week and we talked about that. Because we remind each other, we need each other because we're all one decision away from our whole life changing. And together, we can call each other. We can spur each other on. And, uh, and I, I still believe that day is coming. I, I, I think if we look at what God is doing in the kingdom today, in the church, and what God is doing in the business realm today, I used to actually say, what's wrong with pastors, man? Why don't they step up and reach out to the business people and change it? You know, change that dynamic. Quit asking us for money and ask us how our life is. You know, how can I help serve you? And man, I literally, and I feel, and I apologize. I'll actually ap apologize to Scott as a pastor, to all the pastors listening. I apologize for that attitude I had. And here's the reason why I can honestly apologize is because God corrected me of that. And he said, he said, son, you, are you saying that the church as a whole has gotten all this wrong because whose church is it? It's God's church. He said, so really what you're saying is I got it all wrong. And he said, have you ever thought about maybe the reason why pastors are responding the way they're responding is because before the business people weren't rising up and taking their responsibility on. And he said, so now the business people are starting to rise up and now there's this awkwardness that for years, the pastors have been waiting for people to rise up in the church, the business people, and now the business people are rising up and they feel this disconnect from the pastor. And so I look at it and go, man, you know what? I think if we really step back as visionaries and, and let the spirit speak to us, then we understand, you know what? Maybe it is God that is actually ask, having the pastors ask some of these questions, but it's also God that's rising some of the business people up. And do you understand what happens when the two of those collide in a positive way for the kingdom, man? I think what launches forward from that is unbelievable. 
um, not just in the marketplace, not just in the church, but in the world. Um, and so I've actually challenged some of my friends that have said, you know, the great, the next great revival is in the business world. And I've challenged some of my pastor friends that say the next great revival is in the church world. Well, I say the next great revival is in our lives and that's in business world and in the church world. And I personally don't think the next great revival happens without it, without both of them. Um, because we got to do it together because if revival, I'm just being honest as a, as a successful business person, if revival hit the business world today, we can't manage that. We can't steward that, or at least I can't, I'll speak for myself. Um, and I, I need my pastor. I need the local church to help that, help us process that and know how to walk through that, you know? And I, and I think, uh, so anyway, I'm sorry. I get passionate about it because I'm just pumped. I think God's moving. I'm excited about it, and I'm ready. Well, it was powerful. Before we started, John, we prayed. You said, let's pray. Then we had technical issues. You said, let's pray. There's people that are part of our family of influencers now, and you just said it. We need to let the Spirit speak. And that comes when we open. There's an openness that you have as an influencer and as a businessman to, to tune into the Spirit, and that happens in prayer. I would love if you, and I think you are a minister. I don't know how you look at yourself. A discipler is a minister. Someone that's a disciple making disciple, that's a minister. I'd love to have you just pray for those that are listening to this podcast today. All right, man, I'd love to. Man, Lord Jesus, man, above all else, God, we know that in 1 Corinthians it says, God, without love, it's all meaningless. So, God, above all else, Father, I pray, God, that every person watching this, every person viewing it, Lord, listening to it, I pray, God, that they will know that you love them. Uh, that, God, they will truly, truly know that you love them. Not, and it's not because of what they do for you, God. You just love them because that's who you are. Because we know your word says, God, that you are love. And, God, I pray, Lord, whether they're uh, a woman or a man, God, help them know that, God, they are they're first as a, as a Christ follower, God, your child, there's your son or your daughter and that you love them, God. And I just pray God that you will just uh, fill each one of our hearts, God, uh, with joy and peace and happiness, God, but help, help that hope that is with, within each one of us, God. And if there's, there's viewers and listeners that don't have hope, I pray God that you will fill their lives with that hope that God only comes from you. And I pray that you will just help that hope to rise up within each one of us, God, that we'll be ready to go share a word for the hope that is within us, God, with gentleness and respect, God, to our pastors, to business people, Father God, and even those that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, God. So we love you, God. And I just pray that the, that the viewers and the listeners, God, will, will just be reminded today that each and every one of us, God, are called and chosen, God, by you. We didn't choose you, God. You chose us. And I pray, God, that Lord, whatever it is they need, God, whatever it is you're calling them to do, God, help each one of us to take the step of faith, uh, to enter into a relationship with you, to enter into what you are doing, God, that we get to that we get to play a part of. And God, we love you. Thank you, God, so much for Scott and for Dave, for their ministry, God, and what they're doing. And I pray that you'll pour your spirit, your blessings, your anointing out upon every part of that business and ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much. I think you said we can get your book. It's meetjohnhouston.com or Amazon or almost any book retailer. Meetjohnhouston.com. Thank you so very much. Hey, thank you guys as well. God bless you. Thanks, John. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast.
on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.